So when I was a uh, child, I thought Satan acted a certain way. Uh, I thought Satan acted like a t-ball coach I once saw. Uh, but this was, this was not when I was a child, it was when I was a, uh, an adult. Rachel and I had just been married for a little bit and we didn't have kids so we could just run off and do whatever it is we wanted to do, so we chose to go to one of her cousin's t-ball games. Uh, it was real fun. The, the, what, what happened was, uh, we were just sitting there watching kids run around with, and, and swing bats. Uh, yeah, let's give kids bats and let them swing them. Uh, and we'll stand behind them, make sure they do it right. Um, and try not to die. Well, I was, I, I thought, well, I, it was hot, middle of the summer, I decided to go get some water. Now, the concession stand uh, was on the, uh, the right field line, first base line, um, down out in right field. So I had to walk, we were on the third base line, I had to walk all the way around, missing probably just tons of action, and walked all the way down to the concession stand and got some water, and... Um, as I rounded the corner to come back to where we were sitting, I, I, there was this little girl, just this tiny little precious girl. Uh, and she had a, had a bat on her shoulder, and she had a helmet that was so big on her that if she turned her head, she'd have to just look out the hole because it didn't move. And she was, she, she was ready to hit the ball, except she wasn't... Um, converting any of her potential energy into kinetic energy, if you know what I mean. She, was, she wasn't swinging. And her coach, which I'm guessing was her dad, was behind her trying to motivate her to hit it. And this is how. Hit it! 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 He, he did that. I walked slowly with water in my hand from the right field line down around home plate over to the third base line with him yelling at hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it. It was the, it might have been one of the hardest times I've ever laughed in my life. But I realize that's probably sometimes how we imagine Satan operating. How, how, how we imagine what temptation is. Because temptation is one of those things where we think, we think Satan's behind us saying, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. And I think Satan probably a little, has a little, more, a little better technique than, um, than the, the, the t-ball coach. I think we need to give temptation a little more credit. Because when we are tempted, it's in ways that you probably don't see coming. That's what we're hoping to do during this particular study, is to look at the ways Jesus was tempted and see if those are ways that we might be tempted. Uh, Let's go to Matthew chapter 4, the temptation of Jesus. The second one, remember, remember the first one was bread, turn stones into bread. Uh, if you um, didn't hear that one, then you can go back on it. 
we don't think we got to video it, but it's on the audio. We'll, you'll find it. Just Google me and don't click on like the first seven links. Then, verse 5, then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If, he says again, if you are the Son of God, if you are indeed the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. Now, one of the, um, one of the least tempting things that I can think of is jumping off of a tall building. Now, what's interesting though, that's kind of what I'm afraid of. When I'm on a tall thing, a tall structure looking out, I'm afraid I might jump. Does anyone else have that fear? You're just like, come on legs, don't jump now. Is that just me? Well, okay. I'm always surprised when it's just me. I think it's everybody. I'm just a psychopath, apparently. But that's sort of... You, you want to trust the, um, the structure. But I'm just not tempted by that. You know, if this was just Satan leaning over to Jesus and saying, jump, jump, we would say, okay, 0 for 2, Satan. This isn't that impressive of a temptation. Jump off a building. Do it. Do it. No. And then I'm done. But instead, he says, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift up in their hands, lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Now, that's, that's out of a psalm in which God is promising, God is promising to protect those who are his children. He's pro- that's, that's an actual promise in the Bible. Satan's not just quoting a scripture out of context. He's, he's referencing an actual promise of God. He says, if you are the son of God, jump off this building because it says that it, it, that he will protect you. He will make sure that you don't hurt yourself. And then Jesus says, Jesus answered him and said, It is also written, or it is again written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. You ever grow up, did you grow up in one of those houses that were, um, one of those households? Maybe some of you didn't, and I'm, I'm, I hate this for you. But I grew up in one of those houses where I feel like my dad could protect me from anything. My kids feel that way about me now. And they are wrong. They're real wrong. I can, I'm, I can protect them from most things. But like a bear? I, I don't, I can't. I can't always protect them. We went to Magic Springs this past Monday with the youth. We had a blast. We had a really good time. Um, if you are a youth that didn't go, you really missed out. Magic Springs is more fun um, with friends. Anyway, there's a thing at Magic Springs called the, the Sky Shark. Uh, it's, 
I think less scary than it sounds. The sky shark's probably the scariest thing I can imagine. An actual shark in the sky. Um, but what this is, is this big, uh, this, this big arch, and then they've got a cable hanging from this arch, and then there's this big uh, tower-type thing behind you, and there's a cable coming from it. Well, they, they put you in a harness. You know it's a good ride when they have to spend about 10 minutes getting you prepared for it. They put you in this harness, and you have to put on this thing that looks like a, like a, like a, a biology apron. And then you go up, and you stand on this platform, and you hold onto a rail, and you lean forward, and you're just hanging there. And then they pull you about 80 feet in the air. Well, Rachel and I have done this together. Um, she wanted to because, you know, she hates me. And <laughs> we were, we pulled, but it's, it's pretty fun. It's pretty scary. Well, Ty and Amber Gentry and Brennan Warren, Brave and Warren, not Brennan, Brave and Warren decided they wanted to ride this thing together. You can put as many as three people in this, uh, this thing and you all go up together. Like, it's more, danger is more fun with friends. Well, the thing is, when you pull back, get all the way back, and uh, the guy on the ground yells, three, two, one, fly. Now, at that point, it is the job of the person on the far right of the harness to reach back and intentionally grab a string and intentionally pull it so that you drop clean out of the air. Now, when they did that for, for me, I was on the right. When Rachel and I wrote it, I was on the right. He said, three, two, one, fly. And I don't care. I'm a man. I've got to pull that thing. I've got to be ready. Now, they put Ty, who is a man in his own right, on the far right. They said, three, two, one, fly. Ty said, no! <laughs> Which, mind you, is the intelligent response. It's the smart thing to say. And Ty said, no, get me down from here. And I was, I was at the bottom and I said, Ty, if you, if you pull the string, you'll get down. Well, what, it's just the, my favorite mental image ever, because Ty, Ty was sitting there, and he, he went, you could see him work up the nerve. Got to do it. Yanked it. Nothing. <laughs> and then as if to say, what happened? Like that extra inch just dropped. Now, Ty was not ready for this. Neither was Amber. Or Braven. But Ty, his arm was out here. And instead of just saying, wee, he flailed to grab a hold of his mother, which is normal. But he grabbed a hold of his mom. Now, what was really keeping him safe was that wire that was attached to the arch. If that thing broke, it didn't matter how tight he was holding on to Amber, they were going to get hurt. 
but it made him feel better to hold on to his mom's arm, right? That's what we do. It makes us feel better to have somebody we know, whether they actually can't. Amber couldn't have done anything. Amber was cinched up in her own right. <laughs> Eyes closed, mouth sealed tight. <laughs> Everyone who does that right is, ah! Amber was, is trying to travel through time until it's over with. But we, we, we have a tendency to want to hold on to what can protect us. Whether that thing can actually protect us or not. And we are promised that God will protect us. Satan brings that promise out and says, God will protect you. And Jesus' response is, it is also written, we are not supposed to test God. See, here's the, here's the thing we get caught up in. And I think this is a way Satan tempts us. Now, he's not asking us to jump off buildings. But we can oftentimes turn God into a glorified Santa Claus who if we just be good, he will bring us what we want. If we're just good, he will do what we want him to do. Have you ever heard of the prayer of Jabez? Prayer of Jabez. Prayer of Jabez's book, a little tiny book, came out a long time ago. says if you just pray this prayer, you'll get wealthy. Um, I don't know the success rate on that book, but I think it's pretty low. Because anytime you say, here's a thing that we're, you, you say these words and it's almost as if you're forcing God's hand to do something for you. So why did you said you would, God, why didn't you do it when I, well, one, I don't remember Jesus saying the prayer of Jabez. I don't remember wealth being that important to him. But we also have this tendency to want to, like, God, you've got to do the thing for me that I need you to do. And when you don't, we just kind of get frustrated with, where was God? I've been around families who, who lost loved ones in car accidents. And they've said, why would God do this to us? And you can't pull that, you can't do this, but you want to, like, grab them and shake them and say, she was texting and driving. God didn't do this. Your daughter's decision did. Like you can't, not everything falls on God. We make dumb decisions. And when God, like I've sat next to diabetics who are dying and blaming God with eating a Snickers bar. You can't, we... Every, we say this a lot, everything happens for a reason, and sometimes that reason is because we're idiots. Because we make mistakes. And God, God protects us, he does. But this testing of God and saying, God, I prayed to you and you didn't give me what I wanted, is nonsense. Satan wants us to take up that mindset because as soon as we take up that mindset, guess who gets boxed in a corner? God. I've heard people say, why didn't God just take out Hitler when Hitler, you know, make him baby Hitler fall in a well or something? Because then everyone would have said, oh, this sweet little baby would have been a great artist. 
had wonderful skills as a painter and now he's gone and what was God doing then? God can't win. When we paint him in a corner and say, God, God, you're supposed to do this. God is not supposed to do anything for you. Everything God does for you is a gift from God. Every protection you receive from God is a gift from God. Every blessing you receive from God is a gift. It's grace. You're unworthy and you receive it anyway. But when we start acting as if God, God is on my side, He will catch me when I fall. He'll welcome you into heaven when you jump. But we are not supposed to be the sort of people who who are consistently testing God and say, God, well, now I need this, and God, now I need this, and God, now I need this. But that's what our prayers turn into, these long wish lists and complaint lists and sick lists. Yes, pray for the sick. Yes, tell God what you want. God wants to hear what you want. I was told the opposite growing up. I was told, don't don't pray silly prayers. They would say, don't pray for like a new car. That's a, that's a bad prayer. Don't pray that. And I think that's nonsense. If you're the sort of person who thinks deep down that you just need a new car, I would think that the best place to express that is before the throne of God. Now, God's not going to give you a new car, but you need to open your heart up in front of God and stand there for a second, and I think you'll start noticing how trivial your desires are. Take everything you think, everything you desire before God. But if we're start, if we just if we start listing things and saying, God get me this, and God get me this, and God get me this, we're spoiled children who pay no attention to what God was doing to, with us and for us and, and through us before we even started opening our mouths to talk to Him. I think we consistently make mistakes that call for God to protect us, and he does. Have you ever um, been driving home? Driving's awful, unless you're on a motorcycle. Dri- driving's the worst. Driving is like, like the world's most dangerous and most boring video game. There's nothing to do. But one mistake could, could ruin your family. So, we're, when you're, but you're driving and sometimes you get to thinking about things. Like, man, how many Shirley Temple movies have I seen? And you'll start listing those. And you think about anything. You'll just think about anything. Your mind wanders while you're driving. And then you'll get from, from Texarkana to Dallas. And you'll kind of get into some traffic. And you think, oh, well, we're, what was I doing? I don't even remember Mount Pleasant. And you I had to turn. What? What? You're okay. God built you where you can do that and survive. He designed you where you're, you're not going to completely destroy yourself every mental mistake you make. God does protect us. But we often can count, this is Jesus, God has just said, this is my son. And here he's saying, if you're the son of God, jump, see if he really, if he really will be with, her, be with you. And he's saying, I don't, I'm not going to test God. 
Jesus is jumping, uh, Satan was trying to paint Jesus jumping off the temple as an act of faith. And Jesus knew that that jump would be a lack of faith. To test God is not faith. But to just believe without me testing him, without me giving him this to-do list and kind of paying attention, well, what did he do and what didn't he do? Just to believe that I know for a fact that God is with me. I know for a fact I don't have to test him. I don't have to tempt him. I don't have to try it out. I don't have to fall backward and see if he'll catch me. I once did that. Me and my dad used to play that game a lot. I'd fall back. He'd say, all right, trust me. I have to lock my legs out and fall backward. And he'd catch me. He'd catch me real low to the ground. None Couldn't. I had to stay straight. I liked playing that game. One time I was in Target in Texarkana. How are you ahead of me on this one? Locked my legs and I said, Dad, catch me. I was about here. When I saw him, (laughs) about 20 feet ahead of me. So anyone watching just saw a kid and just fall, just right back. Kid just trust fell the ground. But that didn't mean dad failed me. It just may not mean I made a dumb decision. Now, sometimes God is going to call on us to trust him and fall backwards or trust him and step out of the boat or to trust him and go on that journey or to trust him and go talk to that person. But when we initiate it and say, God, I'm trusting you, catch me. I think that's a lack of faith. We're trying to get God to serve us instead of us serving God. God will protect us when we are doing his will. And he did that for Jesus. Jesus died on the cross, went in the tomb and walked out. Jesus knew that if I do what God wants me to do, he will take care of me. This isn't about Jesus doing what he wanted to do and seeing if God sort of um, kept up. Let me follow the will of God and I can trust that God will take care of me. Listen, you may have been living like a a pseudo-Christian life where you sort of believe in God and you sort of believe in Jesus, but he hasn't really been answering all your prayers that much recently. I would argue that that is an absolute lack of faith. Not like you haven't been believing hard enough. It's that you don't believe that God's will, God's desire for your life is the best thing for you. You believe that your will is the best thing for you. You would like God to accommodate that. That's not going to work. It's not going to fly. And he's not going to catch you when you fall selfishly. But when you walk in his ways, God promises protection now hear me closely pay attention i'm not saying he promises you health and wealth and happiness but i do think he promises you love joy peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control i do think he promises you resurrection and new life and and eternal forgiveness redemption As we say a lot here, 
You may die, but you'll be okay. I challenge you this week. One, if you've never walked in the way of Jesus, if you've never committed your life to Jesus, today is the day. Come forward and sit with us and tell us, we, I want to give my life to Jesus. We'll talk you through all what we do after that. But I want you to commit to Jesus, not some sort of steps that lead you to salvation. I want you to commit to Jesus, a new life in Him. But if you've been living like this sort of life where you, you acknowledge Jesus, but I want to live my own way, that's, that's, a, that's in need of repentance. So you can either come and pray with us, publicly repent, or you can walk out those doors today, and your response to the message can be your week lived well. A week lived in, in, in the light of 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 the way of Jesus. I, I want to live for something bigger than myself. I want my prayers to be for something bigger than myself. There's that old cliche of, if your prayers came true, would they change the world? Or would they just change your situation? Don't test God and say, I need what I want. But go where he calls you to go. Live how he calls you to live. Do what he calls you to do. And trust that he will be there when he calls you to go a place. He'll go with you. God will be with you. And you may, you may suffer. You may get sick. You may lose money on this deal. You may die. You'll be okay. You will. God's promise and God's ways are bigger than our ways and what we hoped He would promise. God can take care of you, but don't test Him. Just have faith and go where He leads. If you want to Follow this Jesus. If you want to recommit to a new life of following Jesus. If you have anything you need at all, please come forward while we stand and sing.